This week's episode is brought to you in partnership with Zero Procure. The guys at Zero Procure have walked a mile in the shoes of many of our listeners from the world of hospitality. In fact, they have over 70 years of collective experience of working in the hospitality industry, and that'll probably be me getting into trouble for making them feel old. I really recommend speaking to them to ensure you're working with the right suppliers at the right price. There's zero cost involved. Just click on their link in the show notes or visit their site at zeroprocure.com forward slash podcast. Welcome to Hospitality Meets with me, Phil Street, where each week we take a light-hearted look into the stories and individuals that make up the wonderful world of hospitality. Today's guest is Adrian Ellis, Hotelier of the Year 2022 and General Manager of the Lowry Hotel. Coming up on today's show, Adrian offers Phil a job. We're looking for somebody to go and work in Azerbaijan. Would you be interested? More industry philosophy from Phil. The hotel industry is full of problem-solving opportunities, isn't it? And terror runs riot as Adrian recounts this gem of a story. And we get a call from a lady who rings down and says, Can you come out urgently? There's a Chinese man in my room. All that and so much more as Adrian chats us through his wonderful journey so far. I don't know where to begin with Adrian's journey. He's had a hell of a career so far that has taken him all around the world, working in some incredible places, culminating in him now leading one of the UK's most recognisable luxury hotels. On top of that, we learn a bit about the wonderful work he's doing to elevate the industry as a place to work. I'm incredibly grateful to Adrian for sharing his journey with us all. Don't forget to give us a like and a subscribe wherever you consume your podcasts. Enjoy! And a huge hospitality meets. Welcome to Hotelier of the Year, Adrian Ellis. How are you? I'm good, thank you very much. Very, uh, very excited to be on your programme, so thanks for inviting me. You're very, very welcome. Yeah, how's, how is life in, in... Well, actually, before I was going to give the game away where you are, but where where are you? What What is it that you do? Uh, so I'm the general manager of the Lowry Hotel, which is actually in Salford. A lot of people th- say it's a Manchester hotel, which it is. We're very close to the sea centre, but we're just marginally by a hair's breadth in Salford. So in Salford City, um, and I've been here about eight years running the Lowry Hotel, which is fa- fairly well known, um, I'm guessing, to, to your listeners. But um, yeah, it's a well-known property in this part of the world. So very happy to be in Manchester. Fantastic. And how is life in Manchester these days? It's good. It's a, it's a very vibrant city. Um, it's, a, it's really a lot going on, a lot of investment at the moment. So um, I'm not sure it's the best claim to fame. We have a lot of cranes, uh, yeah. which always a sign of uh, new developments. So there's lots of new businesses coming in, apartments uh, that are being built. There's new industry moving into the city and around the city. So it's a very dynamic city, lots going on. Um, it's a good vibe, a good level of energy. So people are quite excited to be in Manchester, especially those that are moving into the city. Um, so, yeah, it's, a, it's an exciting time. There's lots of development happening. And I think in the, the coming years are also ones of huge growth for this city and, and the region. Fantastic. Yeah, I mean, it, it feels like it's a city that's just on the up and up from a hospitality perspective. The, the hospitality scene there is moving dynamically. Very much so. I think we, 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 uh, we've definitely seen that in the last few years. Um, we've seen growth in all areas. So even in my sector, in hospitality, we see more restaurants, bars, and hotels opening, which people may feel it's rather, it doesn't add to the competitive element, but it, it also brings new strands to what we offer in the city. So it brings people to the city because there's a wider range of activities and things to see and do, which is good. Uh, the cultural attractions have improved significantly. So there's more theatres, museums, 
uh, there's more f festivals going on, which is good. And as I said earlier, what we what we see, because I remember working here uh, 25 years ago, or so ago, I remember there was hardly anybody living in Manchester. But in more recent times, we see a, a huge sway of people now moving into the city, which is which is good. So there's now there's a much more residential feel than it used to have, uh, which I think is positive for Manchester and the people who live here. Yeah. Totally. Well, I mean, let's just get to it. Take us all the way back to the beginning of your career. How did you get into hospitality in the first place? So my grandparents got me interested, I think, when I was sort of 14, 15, and they had uh, some relatives who used to run restaurants in Felixstowe, uh, so Suffolk, and uh, I used to go there, I thought it was quite interesting, and then we used to, as a Sunday treat, go to the post house uh, for lunch, not, not regularly, but once in a while. I always remember being, being amazed by the atmosphere and, and the people coming in and out and just the buzz of a, of a hotel environment and what was happening in restaurants and, and cafes and so on. So I remember from, from a very young age that my grandparents had a big influence, and, and of course my parents also, uh, we would go on holiday and vacation, and not always holidaying in hotels but we did occasionally go into hotels or hospitality establishments and that really got the interest level going and it was my grandparents who said uh, they thought it would be a good idea for me to look at catering as an, as an opportunity which I did so I, uh, I then took on a sort of Saturday job helping out at the old Bell Hotel in uh, in Norwich, I was doing a hall porter's job there. That was that was interesting enough, and I helped uh, carrying luggage and serving afternoon tea and so on. That was good, and I really enjoyed the uh, the excitement of, of a hotel life, especially at the weekends when I used to get a bit of pin money as well, of course. And it was it was an exciting part of what I did, and from that led me on to. Uh, taking my first course, which I, I did the HND as it was at the, in those days in Norwich Hotel School. And uh, so I left school, did my O and A levels and went on to uh, do an HND. And I had three years there, of which I did a couple of stints abroad. I worked in, in the Black Forest in Germany and I also worked in Berlin just for three months on each one as part of the sandwich course, which was an HND at the time. Uh, but that gave me real flavour. Ah, Black Forest sandwich. They really gave me a real flavour of, of hotel life, and I really enjoyed the uh, the buzz and uh, you know working with the people. And uh, although I was you know in the deep end, because I didn't really speak German when I went over there, but you sort of picked it up uh, as you were there, and um, and and really enjoyed it. And it's, it's been a sort of steady path from then on. My my career sort of went on from 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 place to place after that. But early days for me was all about the enthusiasm, excitement that. Uh, started with my grandparents, went on through part-time work, and then was sort of cemented, I guess, by doing that HND with the two sandwich placements uh, in Germany. Yeah, and I suppose as well, great to get, uh, I suppose, exposure to a non-UK scene quite early on as well. I, I always yeah. we talk about this a lot on the show around the 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 joy that travel brings to you, just in terms of giving you a kind of, I suppose, a wider perspective on things. Very much so. And I've been blessed with being able to travel uh, extensively in my career. And you're absolutely right. In the early days, it does show you that you can A, work in, in, the, in hospitality in pretty much anywhere, uh, but also that, um, that breadth that it gives you in terms of your um, exposure to different cultures, different lifestyles. And, you know, I've traveled around in lots of different parts of the world and enjoyed all of them, really. Uh, but uh, tra travel and hospitality are in intrinsically linked. And, and working together in, in, in different parts of the world, experiencing life there, and also working in hospitality is a, is a great opportunity, I think. Yeah, totally. Well, we're, we're, we're definitely not going to skirt over the, the places that you mm -hmm. have been, but let's, uh, I suppose, keep it on track in terms of you've just, you've just completed your... Uh, your education, as it were. Yep. I mean, we never yep. complete our education, do we? No, not really. <laughs> 
but uh, yeah, where did you go next? What happened then? So after my HND and doing the the stint I told you about, my, my I then took up a a program. Many hotels offer a graduate program. So once you finish your university studies, um, I took up a year and a half with a company called Commonwealth Holiday Inns of Canada, uh, more commonly known as Chick uh, <laughs> in those days, but it uh, doesn't exist anymore. If you're trying to research or Google that, you won't find that company because it was taken over by Marriott many many years ago. But uh, it was an excellent training program, and several several of my good colleagues in the industry also went through that training program. So it was a very typical program. You move around the country a bit. I, I did a short spell in London. I went to Glasgow and then Newcastle, and I was doing a combination of food and beverage, a little bit of rooms, a bit of banqueting experience. So you cover, and I did. I also did some work in finance. You cover a bit of the a broader range of activities and departments that you need to cover as part of a training program. And it's a year and a half with a with the promise at the end of that you move into your first role. So uh, very enjoyable. I mean, I have very, very fond memories. It was an excellent program. Um, you really got well looked after. There was uh, conferences and events you went to. They're very much geared up to making sure you're on the right career path. Um, and so so uh, me and many of the colleagues um, that are well known in the industry that have been through the CHIC program have a lot of good things to say about the experience we had in those early days. And then my first position was assistant food and beverage in Holiday Inn, uh, Newcastle, which was the Commonwealth Holiday Inn of Canada property. And um, I, had, I had about a year or so there and, and thoroughly, um, thoroughly enjoyed that early part of my career. Be before I took a year out, um, okay. and I'm always an advocate when students ask me if I take a year out, can I come back into the industry, or am I, or am I forgotten forever? I'm I'm always one of those that say do a year out because um, time flies, and uh, you'll never you know that you'll never forget those great experiences. So I took a year out, which was a typical year out that students do really. I took that out, and I, I went had a year in Australia, but of course en route took in um, America, Hawaii, and and all the Far East countries, and came back again. Did a spot of work in uh, Australia. I worked in Melbourne. I worked in a restaurant in Hamilton Island and in Perth. So I did three stints, but not part of a program. It was more a holiday experience, but absolutely fantastic. I mean, really, sort of, you know, you think you do those to get it out of your system. If anything, it actually encouraged me to do more travel. Um, yeah. So uh, it was a fascinating, uh, fascinating year. Very enjoyable. Came back from that, and um, then, then I um, worked for the old Bell in Hurley. Uh, which was at the time a Kennedy Brooks property, and they, they got taken over by Forte. So I did, um, it's Old Bellaho, is quite well known, and we used to have lots of celebrities there, because um, it's, it's right in the sort of Henley area, and um, we, we used to do the Henley Regatta and the Ascot races and all that sort of thing. It was, again, very fascinating time, and had a period doing F&B, but I'd done a lot of food and beverage up until that time, and then somebody came along from Forte, from the HR department, and said, you need to balance up your career and do some front of house. So I got shipped off to Grosvenor House, which um, every, you know, I'm sure a lot of your previous uh, interviewees have done Grosvenor House at some point in their career. It seems to be on the <laughs> on the rounds that people do in the early days. And I, I was there doing front of house. So I worked at the front desk and reservations uh, for about a, about a year and a half in the very early days of my career. And so I helped balance up my career. So it was good. I did a lot of food and beverage and then moved over to front office. And of course, that's a very well-known property on Park Lane. Uh, huge property with so 650 bedrooms, including all the apartments there. So it was good to get that rooms experience there. Before the next more, more slight, slightly random part of my career, and I, I was destined to move to sort of operations role. That was sort of the next part of the movement for me. And I'd had a couple of chats 
for 40 at the time. But uh, as sometimes these opportunities lead, I went home to see my parents who live in Norfolk and I went home just for a few days. And my parents said, you should go and have a look at this brand new hotel being built at the airport in Norwich. So I went to have a look and it was still a building site. So I went in and I was met by a guy with Wellington boots on. And uh, he said to me, what are you doing here? So I said, well, I'm just looking around. I was interested in, I'm in the hotel business. And I just was interested in this new hotel. So he said, oh, come and have a cup of tea. I didn't, still didn't know who he was. He said, come have a cup of tea with my wife and me. And so I went and did, did that. There was like a porter cabin in the back. And he turned out to be the owner, the chap I bumped into. Oh, wow. And uh, he previously had a sort of uh, vending uh, business and, and was um, fell into a bit of money and was doing this. And his sons were builders. So they were almost like a project, I guess. And, uh, you know, cut a long story short, at the end of that chat with him, he said, well, if you want, you can come and work with me and, you know, be my assistant because I really don't know much about hotels. I want to build this hotel because this is our vision. But but if you know about the business, why don't you come work with me? So, so I, it doesn't really, not much logic applies to this next bit, but I just thought good opportunity. Those things, sort of things don't come around too well. It was quite a lift up in my career. And uh, so I did join him. Um, but it soon transpired that he'd, although it was about three to four months before opening, he hadn't done anything at all. So he hadn't ordered anything, no oh, staff were wow, right. hired, nothing at all. So to say I was in at the deep end would be perhaps an understatement, but it was a fantastic learning curve. As uh, I said about doing everything from buying beds to um, buying crockery and cutlery to hiring staff. And, you know, you learn, you know, I probably learned as I went, really, it was a full on job. Uh, learn, learning everything as you do by experiential. Yeah. He said to me after three months, well, you seem to know what you're doing. I'm not sure we're on the right track, but um, I, I'm not going to manage this place. You, 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 you should be the manager. So, so, so fortuitous, I became G- general manager when I was 26. So quite, quite young wow, and, right, yeah. um, and, and not a lot of preparation, just those jobs I've already explained. And, uh, but, but all of a sudden I was GM at a fairly young age running this 140-bedroom hotel at Norwich Airport. So, um, so yeah, it was a fascinating early part. <laughs> yeah, totally. But do you know what? I, I love stuff like that because uh, it's also, I suppose, at the time, it wasn't part of your plan. It's just one no. of those things that came uh, along and you thought, well, let's go and check it out. Might lead to something, might not. And uh, and then there you go. You're, in, you're, as you said, thrust straight in at the deep end. Yes. But equally giving you now a set of skills that might have taken you 10 years until you until you got in there it just shows you i suppose that you know it's great uh, we've spoken to uh, the great harry muddy as an example who knew very early on that he had a plan in his mind as to what he wanted to do and that's great it's great to have a, an idea of where you're heading but actually how you get there you've got to keep your mind open to opportunities as they come your way haven't you well very much so and uh, you know i think all of us have have one or two things in our life that happens like that. And you're right, sometimes when it comes your way and perhaps there's some risks attached, you know, and there was, I didn't know this guy or the company, there wasn't any structure in place, but sometimes there's something about it which clicks and you think, well, it's yeah. worth that gamble or that risk. And uh, in this case, you're right, absolutely. It sort of elevated a few years and you learnt very much by uh, going through the experiences. And, you know, of course, you make some mistakes along the way, but you're healthier from it, all, all of those challenges and mistakes you make. And, and uh, it was a fantastic, you know, really those four years I had with them because they then opened another hotel, which is a quite well-known property called Dunstan Hall. Yeah. Uh, they, 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 they found, again, quite, quite strange story. They were walking around this very dilapidated building. 
and they bought it for 400,000 and they put a golf course on the back. They didn't have an idea how to build a golf course, but they built it and they sold it to, to Veer for 16 million. So um, it was quite a, a, a you know great um, um, investment from their point yeah. of view, but they put me in charge of both hotels. So I ran the Ambassador Hotel in Norwich and then Dunstan Hall together uh, in, in the sort of last part of my four or five years with them. So yeah, very, very a really excellent and very memorable part of my, my time, although not necessarily planned. Yeah, and and actually, I want to backtrack a little bit as well to the the person who suggested to you that moving into the room side of the business would serve you well as well. Like, I mean, where would we be without these people, right? That that give you these right. ideas to yeah. It seems like that's that's also kind of one of those critical moments in rounding you off as a you know maybe it gives you then the skills that you didn't know you had to do this job that you had then it's just yeah. it's so interesting isn't it how it all kind of comes together I so and i think you know we we all as general managers now we all look for people who've got that sort of round experience you've done a little bit of time in different departments you've got an understanding of what happens because hotels are busy operations we've got 14 departments here um so okay not doing every all 14 departments but have a smattering of different parts of the business so you have a, a, a more global understanding I think is important for general managers looking for people coming into the industry and and as you said those uh, guidance or that guidance that you get in those early days uh, pushing in this direction that direction a bit more experience here and there uh, were, were all very very fascinating yeah uh, it's a really interesting time Grove, Grosvenor House is such a an eye-opening experience so apart from the vast business that it is in terms of numbers of people going through and events that happen there and so on um, you know, I also had some really, it was a time when Charles Forte was still alive and it was his empire. And uh, I remember I had to do nights as well as part of my program. I remember um, several nights being on duty and, and a car would pull up in the front area of the hotel at uh, two o'clock, three o'clock in the morning. And the driver would get out and open the side door and, um, and it was Charles Forte just doing the rounds oh, right. at two o'clock in the morning. And it's happened to me several times and uh, such a memorable experience because you don't expect to see this icon of our industry uh, walking around in the middle of the night. Uh, but he used to do it and not, not no particular reason. He used to say hello. We have a chat. He'd, he'd walk around a bit and then on on his way. Um, but uh, some yeah, memorable, very memorable moments in there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but also, I, I, you know, can be a forgotten part of the business, right? A lot happens yeah. at night time, a lot more than yeah, you really. might think. So, uh, you know, I, I suppose it's one of those things whereby, as somebody who was obviously in the know of that, actually, this is going to give me a great indicator into an area of the business that sometimes gets forgotten. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Yeah, because no, I think uh, doing nights is, you know, it's like a different world, isn't it? You know, oh, your yeah. you're experience. Firstly, if you're doing it, of course, you have to adapt to sleeping in the daytime, working at nights, obviously. But also, you see a different type of, you know, uh, type type of atmosphere in the hotel. It can have its moments when it's very, very quiet, moments when it's very busy, and moments when it's very, very challenging. And, yeah. you know, I have full sympathy for our night manager having done some night stints myself. You know, it, uh, it does give you empathy for for your own night teams in the in the years subsequent to me leaving from that hotel yeah you just sparked memories of i did a night manager stint on uh, cruise ships and um, right. my You'll life you see some life um <laughs> and uh, some great 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 stories of uh, i i just remember i think i did a lot of growing up on nights as well because yeah you see a part of life that is you know it's not the day to day right by definition but um i always remember there was a. Uh, they used to do this thing on P and O whereby they would give. It was called a friendly four. So it was a four berth cabin, and it was for people who'd never met each other before in their life. But it was like the entry level price of how you get on a cruise ship, and they were anything but friendly. Let's put okay. it that way. 
And so the amount of times that me as a as a fresh faced twenty two year old would go to a cabin and tell sixty plus year olds how to behave was uh, you know it was a real a great learning curve for me that it kind of doesn't really matter about like ages just that's just an age actually your maturity level and how you approach a, a a situation is exactly how you you win and how you get the better of a situation it was a, it's a fascinating time yeah absolutely and as i said full respect to some of them we've got night managers here some of which have done 17 18 years on nights and they're very much in tune i, I always found it quite challenging they'll to sleep in the daytime and so, but some you know our night managers here have been here a long time they've very much got into it and there's lots of personal reasons why they do nights as opposed to days but but uh yeah so there's uh, there's a skill set required it's uh, some of the most challenging times happen at night time you know when you've got uh uh, perhaps if you've got parties or events in the hotel, um, you know, you mean how to handle and work uh, on those shifts is um, it's a skill set, which I uh, full respect for the night team that work in any hotel, to be honest. Yeah, brilliant. OK, so um, what happened after Dunstan Hall? Yeah, so so um, I was single in those years I've talked about. So I met my wife on holiday. I met my wife in Kenya, actually. Um, I was on holiday and uh, she lived up in the northwest. And I lived in East Anglia, as I mentioned, in Norwich. And um, it, there came a point after sort of four to five years working in the Norfolk, those two hotels I mentioned, Ambassador and Dunstan Hall, uh, where where it came very difficult to commute up and down to see each other. So um, I decided to leave and move up to the Northwest, uh, which was my first um, introduction to working in Manchester. So I moved up here without a job, moved up in, uh, we were living just near Preston. And I, I picked up a job working at the Victoria and Albert Hotel. I was the number two, but then moved into GM position uh, within sort of a year or so of being there. And uh, it was owned by Granada. So all, all these sort of things are perhaps in our distant memory what happened in those days. So Granada uh, was a TV company, as you may remember, and they had one hotel and all the TV stars used to stay there. So it was the time of Coronation Street and Cracker and, and Band of Gold and all those programs were on. And the celebrities that uh, were working for Granada or working at Granada TV, they used to stay at the hotel. So it was very much a sort of celebrity haunt, I guess. And um, it was nice working there. Very interesting times as well. We are very, it was a very creative, slightly themed hotel. And uh, I had about four years there. But halfway through my tenure working as general manager of the Victoria and Alba Hotel, we became part of the Meridian Group. And how that happened is that one day in the days of faxes, my fax was rolling over in my office and it says, uh, as of lunchtime today, uh, Granada have bought the Forte Empire, which was quite a surprise to me. I think it wasn't right. much in the there wasn't much in the media up until that point. But uh, Charles Allen and Jerry Robinson, who were running uh, the Granada Empire, had decided to buy Forte and it gone through very quickly. And all of a sudden they had all the Forte hotels. So having just one hotel for Granada Television, all of a sudden they had the sort of empire across the UK and, and elsewhere. And uh, it was quite a change. So within a few months of that happening, I had a visit from the HR director for that group. And they said, um, well, firstly, we're going to move your hotel to uh, Meridian. So it became Le Meridian, Victoria and Albert, Manchester. So a bit of a mouthful, but that's what the hotel was. And we did the conversion. And that became, in a, a consequence of that, it became part of the international group because Meridian, as you may remember, was an international group right across the world. And uh, that was a very enjoyable period. So it was, it was, it was moving from one property based in Manchester with, with a TV company to suddenly this international group 
And uh, I was, again, a learning curve, because up until then, although I'd been Grosvenor House and some of the big properties, I'd not really been part of an international group. So I got to meet many of the general managers and many of the team that work, uh, the corporate team that work for Meridian. And uh, it was, I, I went on several trips with them abroad to Europe, different parts as part of the uh, conferences and meetings that we had. And it was all very interesting. And then towards the end of my sort of four years at Victoria and Albert, I, I, I had another meeting with another HR. You see how influential these people can be. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and uh, he at the time said to me, well, um, Adrian, where do you see yourself going next? Um, and I hadn't really, I mean, I've been four years in Manchester. We weren't particularly unhappy with Manchester and there wasn't a particular timescale on it. So I said, I, I haven't given a lot of thought yet. But he said, well, would you go abroad with that opportunity? So I chatted with my wife. We don't have children. And we said, yes, if... Uh, if an opportunity came along, we would be happy. So, um, and again, how these things happen, um, I chatted to him on a Friday, I think two weeks later, he called me and said, well, we've got an opportunity, Singapore, how, how about that? And that's not a bad start. And, uh, and he said, if you, if you, if you take it, you, we, we need you there within a month. And, and so it's rather frenetic sort of six weeks really from uh, saying, yes, you'd like to be uh, going abroad or look, at least look at opportunities to then being offered to actually then going. And of course we have a house here and so on. So cut a very long story short, I, I did, I did move over to Singapore. My wife ended up doing all the housekeeping jobs back in the UK in terms of putting the house up for rental and then moving everything out and, and doing all the tidying up of bits and pieces we had to, 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 to do in the UK before moving out. And then she followed me about a month later and we ended up on a on a stint in Singapore working for uh, the Meridian property in, in Changi in Singapore. So I did four, four years there. And again, these things are odd how it all transpires because I, I, when I asked the HR department, well, you know, what length of time am I going for? And you normally sign up for a two sort of two year secondment, and then it's renewed after that. So mm. we thought we'd go for two years abroad, do our thing, and then come back. That's the plan. And in the end, we ended up being abroad for the best part of seventeen years. So wow. um, it didn't happen, didn't happen that way. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So f- four years at the Meridian, but with, there's thirteen years left yet of that seventeen-year yes. expedition. What what happens? Where did you go next? So Singapore was fantastic. We had a really great time there. It was very enjoyable. We loved being that part of the world. And I think also because it's your first posting, it everything seems brand new. You know, the expat life, the um, opportunity to travel. So we just so much travel when we're in a, in in that part of the world see all you know vietnam and cambodia and philippines mm. and japan and china and everywhere so it was wonderful experience that part of the world and also the opportunity of working in a different culture with different team that you're working with and uh, it was a really great experience so loved all that and um yes we were end up what two years end up being very quickly four years and uh, then again another chat with an hr uh, representative at the time and they said, well, well, okay if you don't want to go home there'll be other opportunities and um, uh, so this happens i think with many people on international career you sort of band around two or three before you settle with one a that you'd like to do and b fits with the owner because there's various components one they have to send your details to the hotel owner and the owner has to say yes it's a good fit then you have to think whether well, it's the right move for you the company who you work for in that case with meridian have to think you're also going to work well in that particular environment so there's yeah. it's not just a case of you saying i'd like to go to a particular country please move me there there's a lot of factors at play so 
you know, uh, Singapore, as I said, came in after four years, came to an end, and uh, there was a couple of things that we looked at, but for various reasons didn't work out. And then the one we did move to was 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 Warsaw, so um, particularly opposites in weather, I seem to remember. So <laughs> Singapore, as you may remember, is sort of 30 to 32 degrees continually throughout every month of the year and very humid. And we moved to Warsaw in Poland in January. Oh. Uh, so it was, it was, I think, minus 12 when we arrived. Uh, so bitterly cold. So we, Welcome so back the to biggest Europe. Thing we, biggest thing we remember is the, is the temperature. <laughs> yeah. So we remember getting on a plane in Singapore, having enjoyed four years of heat and moving into, and it was snowing when we arrived. So, so quite, a, you know, quite a culture shock, I guess, in going back to Europe and then uh, readjusting to the weather firstly. Um, and then, uh, then we moved to the, it's also a Meridian. So I stayed with the company, uh, Meridian Hotel in well, Warsaw, quite a well-known property called the Bristol. Um, it's been there for a very long time. A beautiful property right on the main street of Warsaw, and uh, we lived in in that property as we did in Singapore, and we had four four years there too, and and absolutely loved. I mean, everywhere we loved. I haven't had a bad posting, luckily. So really loved Poland. The people were, were amazing. Uh, our team members. And uh, we had a really lovely time. We both adjusted well. My, my wife always ends up um, doing some sort of work in each of the postings. So she, in many of the postings, has been working as a teaching English as a foreign language, the TEFL course. So she right, did the yep. TEFL course and then ended up doing that. So she adjusted to all the places too. So we had four years in Warsaw. Uh, love that very much. And then uh, we had a, a call from the headhunter was the next part of our career change. So they said to me, um, would you consider going to Budapest, which is, you know, not, not next door, but it's not far away. It's still in Eastern Europe. We said we, we would look at that for sure. And they said, well, it'll be with a company called Corinthia, which I'd not heard of. Of course, is well known now. And there's a very beautiful Corinthia in London. Mm. Uh, I didn't know too much. So they said, well, you'll have to go and have a look at the hotel in Budapest and, and see whether you like it and they like you. And also you need to go to Malta because it's a family-based company and uh, their family business is based in Malta. So I did both of those. And yeah, I was, I was very, very impressed with one, the sort of family ethics of running the company. So although it's a family-based business with the um, with Alfred Pisani at the head of it, it's, uh, it's, it's a huge company. They have some very, very big properties, often many of the 400, 500 bedroom properties. So it's quite impressive that they've done this from a family-based business. And uh, so I was impressed with the ethics and the work and the... Um, the way in which the family had organized things in Malta, but particularly impressed with the property in Budapest, which is beautiful. It's, a, uh, it's an old hotel. It used to be called the Royal for many years ago, from the 1800s, and been developed, and then Corinthia put a lot of money in it, and it's a 400-bedroom, so also a big property, 440-bedroom property. And, yeah, so I ended up being there for six years, actually, in Budapest, and uh, we, we loved life there and saw Eastern Europe in, and, and, you know, everywhere, really. We traveled a lot, too, so that was good. And, uh, and it was just my own business, but it was also a time where Corinthia wasn't able to expand very much. It was, um, you know, though in those times we went through that period of eight, 2008 and nine, when the recession hit uh, across Europe, and uh, it was a time when well, Corinthia was quite is still quite a small company, but yeah. wasn't expanding. So therefore, the opportunities for me were perhaps a little bit limiting. And uh, again, fortuitous, I had um, uh, uh, somebody who I know in the industry call me and say. We're looking for somebody to go and work in Azerbaijan. Would you be interested? Of course. 
Uh, <laughs> uh, and what interested us about that is probably less the location, more the project, because the project's amazing. So um, if you Google Flame Towers, Azerbaijan, it's quite amazing. So you can see this from space. So it's three huge glass buildings that look like flames coming out of the ground. So uh, the capital of Azerbaijan is Baku. Baku is famous for oil and gas production. And the symbol of Azerbaijan and Baku is is flames, uh, which represents the oil and gas business. So they built this fantastic building called Flame Towers, three three glass buildings I mentioned. One is an apartment block, one's a shopping complex, and one's a hotel. I am and looking at Fairmont, it right now. Uh, I have had the So Fairmont Hotels, who I was interested in anyhow as a sort of very good uh, employer and, and a very respected hotel uh, company, uh, they they took the contract for it. So I yeah I ended up going to Azerbaijan for so three and a half to four years there. And firstly opening that property. So I went before it was open. I was probably there a couple of years beforehand. So uh, the big excitement there was to train everybody from the beginning because there was not much in terms of hotels and hospitality certainly at international standards before we arrived. So mm. we had to take uh, sort of four to five hundred people and train them from the beginning. So I had an army of trainers. We had to train everybody up from from, from scratch uh, to, to international standards. And then, yeah, we got the hotel um, open. And then I had a couple of years there, um, yeah, in Azerbaijan. So four years altogether, which was good. And I did I did a very short spell. So, you know, I think t 10 years tend to be internationally, sort of four years tends to be, um, there's a sort of cycle when, you know, you're moved on and somebody else comes and gives it a new lease of life. And so that's uh, very much the case in many international postings. So I went out to Bali and I ran a very different property there. So it's a it's a it's a resort complex in Sanur, which is a smaller smallish town in in Bali. And uh, I ran it for about a, about about a few months, probably eight months or something like that, uh, because they went through a massive refurbishment and then they they were looking for a resort manager, which is not my background. Um, so I just did eight months there, and then I was looking for an opportunity elsewhere at the time um, before. Larry came calling and I got a call from again a headhunter looking for somebody to come back. We were at a time where we'd been abroad for several years as I mentioned and I think um, we were both my wife and I thinking well we need to somehow establish roots because we're well, traveling around the world it's all been very exciting but at some point we need to get roots and, and be back at some point at, at home and so this opportunity came around we just thought well it's good. We're not quite sure where we'd go internationally at this point in time. So um, we took the punter coming back to the UK in Manchester. We knew, as I said, I used to work here previously. Yeah. Um, so we ended up um, buying a house and moved back to Manchester, which was probably eight years ago now. We came back in 15 and uh, we've been yeah, happily back here since since that time. Well. Fantastic. I want to give you a round of applause because that's that's a cracking career. And I've, 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 I've made some notes as we've been chatting, but at the, um, the, if I've got this correctly, started life in Norwich, Manchester, Singapore, yep. Poland, Hungary, Azerbaijan, Bali, and then back to Manchester. Correct. Exactly right. Yes, yeah. Yes. I mean, you know, if ever there was a, a journey for anybody listening who uh, is wondering, why should I come into hospitality? <laughs> like if you just have an, a, a little trickle of travel interest in you, then I mean, your journey is a, a kind of a great showcase for that, because uh, look at all the different. The, it's not like you've you've picked a style as well. Like we've picked a, a country because that fits us. You, it's almost like yeah. you've an opportunity has come your way and you've gone, 
Yeah, why not? Fair that enough. sounds really cool. Yeah. And I think anybody anybody who wants to take an international route, and I always tell this to students also coming through, you've got to have uh, some flexibility in you. It's very rare. You can't really go to a company and say, I'd like to be in New York for four years or London for four years or, mm. or Paris. I think you need to be flexible, willing to learn and develop, willing to take opportunities. And much of what I've told you is opportun opportunistic. It happened because somebody called me or this came up or you met somebody. Um, so as long as you're happy to go a little bit with that, and of course, there's always a risk attached, you know, especially if you're traveling with a partner or family, they have to adapt always to the new environment you're in. Um, so there's always risks attached to it. But if you're, as long as you're happy to go with the journey, take the opportunities, be flexible, uh, be humble in, in your approach because you're always the visitor in whichever country you're going to. So as long as you're happy to do all of that, then yeah, the world literally is your oyster. <laughs> yeah, totally. And a life without risk is no life at all. Indeed. There we are. Yeah, and actually the, the, the thing you mentioned there as well around the fact that there's almost this natural life cycle of a place slash a role. Yeah. I remember reading Carlo Ancelotti's book uh, actually around the very same similar kind of ethos with the, you know, the, there's a lot of, allusions to a football manager and a hotel general manager in the sense that you know you're the one who's putting your head on the block you're yeah. the one that is responsible for elevation um and all of these sorts of things but i find it really fascinating that you know a lot of that has to do with as you said earlier on you know you could be as long as you want somewhere if the if everything's in play for the right reasons the ownership relationship is good you like the area that you're in you've got a great team around you then you know it, it's it's just one of those things isn't it it's different where yeah, and and I, I think yeah, chatting to international companies over the years i worked abroad there, there's a there's a science to this so they used to tell me um, and many companies tell the same story or similar story they used to say to me well when we move you to a different country the first year um, is just you getting introduced. You've got to understand the culture, you've got to work with the teams, you've got to understand the property, work with the owners and get settled in. And first year is just settling in. Second year is when you start to get all your ideas going or your thoughts, you start to make a difference. Third year is the, is the, is the peak. That's when you're really motoring. You've done, your ideas are in, they're starting to take shape, you're really working, you've got, you understand the culture well, you've made a significant difference in the work and the ideas and initiatives you put in. Yeah. Fourth year, you're starting to, you know, perhaps things are not waning a bit, but you know, you've done your bit, you've acted and you've put in as much as you can. And they, as a company, would then like to bring in somebody to take you to the next level. So that was their thinking. They they feel it's sort of a four-year cycle where you're sort of growing in year one and two. You're really inputting year three. Year four, you've done most of it, and then you should be given another initiative. And so it was a, it was a scientific process. I think many of my colleagues, especially in the early days when I started traveling, uh, many of the GMs moved on in sort of four-year cycles for that reason, that they felt that you could add input and it, it takes that full four-year cycle for you to have a major impact on the business that you're working in. Yeah. Dare I ask, how many years are you at the Lowry now? <laughs> I'm eight, eight years here. Just a here. <laughs> it's very rare, though. Uh, it's very rare, Phil, for you to find somebody. I mean, I've got a couple of friends who've been in the same company or even the same hotel for sort of 25 plus years. It's rare. It's really rare these days. I mean, I'm chair of Manchester Hotel Association here, and I'm probably the longest serving GM in the city at this time. So right. what's more common, you do see more of a throughput of GMs um, going, perhaps less the science I told you before. That's more about ownership changes, changing happening with a building, development, people moving on for various reasons. Yeah. Um, but it's really rare these days to find somebody with sort of 20, 25 years at one property you don't you don't often see that 
Yeah, but I, I suppose equally there's this, you know, each circumstance is completely individual, isn't it? Not even just yeah. within from person to person, but within the person themselves. You know, there's yeah. all of the, the, like, science is great, and I, I kind of understand why that makes sense. But then if you have a, a situation whereby everything just works and maybe there's there's a new project to be done or maybe there's something else that you want to do while you're there, all of these things, if they all just come together, then why not, right? Why? Yeah, just... absolutely. And that, and that happened here. So as I said, I came here eight years ago. Um, it was moving from Rocco 40 Hotels to uh, Westmont. So I came in the early Westmont days. Westmont sold off to two and a half years and we're now with city developments limited uh, they then decided to do several projects here so we refurbished the whole hotel in the last three years so so those sort of you know as you just mentioned those sort of projects perhaps new eras new generations in the hotel that that's what keeps you engaged because for, for me eight years is the longest i've been in a property but it's not far from being a boring eight years there's been lots going on and it continues to continues to move forward continues to have new ideas and new initiatives happening which keeps life very interesting yeah no doubt. Well, and then as if you're not busy enough at your work, you're doing quite a lot in the extracurricular world right. uh, as well. So I'd really wanted to talk to you about that because one, you're quite rightly getting a huge amount of recognition for the work that you're doing. I think it's it's wonderful. But rather than me try and explain what it is that you do, it's probably better that that comes from you. So just, yeah, what's uh, what have you got your head in out of work? Yeah. So, well, I'm doing, yeah, doing a lot, you're right, a lot outside. I, I chair several groups, uh, which I've enjoyed doing. And, you know, pro probably my big focus, if you look at the big items, it's about trying to get more people into the industry. So I've been very engaged with schools, colleges and universities about trying to improve their awareness, the level of opportunities that are available and excite young people about the opportunities that hospitality can, can provide. And that's, um, I'll talk about that in more detail, but that's a massive thing. But I, I also... Uh, I chair Manchester Hotel Association, which I've really enjoyed. I've been doing that since 2016, and it's a great group. There's 70 odd hoteliers. Uh, we talk about a variety of different things. Tomorrow night, in fact, is our Manchester Hotel Association ball with 620 guests there. And we're raising money for charities, and we're doing awards for young people, and it's a really great event. And so I've really enjoyed the sort of camaraderie and the. I guess the city-wide activities that we do when we talk about sustainability or charitable or educational issues, I've enjoyed that very much. And then on a sort of more global picture around, not a global, but a UK-based picture, I, I work with um, Hospitality Action, which of course is charitable initiatives. I work with Springboard and, uh, uh, and many activities we're doing there, especially on education. Um, I'm working with Master Inholders. I'm on their executive committee, so I very much enjoy the camaraderie and the initiatives they're doing both with education and charity and I work with UK Hospitality I chair a northern group which is about bringing people from as far east as far as the northeast to the northwest so Midland to the Lake District so yeah. Middlesbrough to the Lake District and try and bring them all together and talk about initiatives which help help so so I've enjoyed all that which that's sort of very it's very global agenda there so you're talking about everything from sustainability to commercial aspects bringing in new business uh, developing new opportunities for hoteliers so it's uh, it covers many subjects but the area probably i've been a, a lot of focus in the last few years as i said is the education piece so yeah. um, it's in three strands really firstly on universities we've been um, we've worked on a very um, pro pro probably seven years now on a mentorship program where we mentor final year 
uh, final year students doing their degrees in hospitality with the idea that when you have them as a mentee here that you can help them with dissertations help them with their final uh, years assignments and then also very important help them with their career aims so we, we saw quite when I first looked at this we saw quite a high dropout so you'd have you know 60 people doing a three-year course degree course and then uh, 20 would drop out and go and work with other industry which I thought was a great change so what we have seen is quite quite a huge uh, take up now so uh, and, and people staying in the industry so if you take figures I think we're up to about 85 86 percent now Brilliant. at Manchester Metropolitan now staying in the industry and I think that mentorship program has a big part to play in that in terms of encouraging people to stay in the industry so so that's been a program we've run for a while and we also do between us in the city we do lots of lectures we support with uh, show rounds and tours we help with the curriculum uh, management and, and various other things at university so that's been well established and going for several years colleges has been something probably for four to five years we worked on where we do placements for colleges we encourage youngsters to go and do their courses levels one two three and four and uh, and yeah we've currently in, in Manchester we have about 60 people on placements in probably around 15 hotels they're doing a 45 day placement and these are 16 to 18 year olds again we, we've got uh, probably we've got three here at the moment and probably if we take on another two or three this year who end up doing their placements enjoy the work and then stay with us uh, afterwards for, for, for and, and progress their career as a full-time role yeah I mean the, probably the most ambitious project which is which is much in the public domain at the moment is the schools project so that's the one we've probably spent a lot of uh, put a lot of effort in um, in the, since, since 2021. So uh, this started by, um, uh, we, we felt definitely 16, 14 to 16 year olds don't know too much about hospitality um, or, or what the opportunity. So um, I got the hoteliers together and we said, listen, there's 4,000 vacancies in Manchester. This is in 2021. Um, we're doing our bits with colleges and universities. Why don't we start at the earlier age to try and get youngsters interested? So we had a good support from hoteliers. We then got a group of school teachers who said yes we have to work with the Gatsby benchmark and if you if you're not all familiar with that Gatsby benchmark is where they have to have a an association a link to vocational opportunities so hospitality is one of those um, and they were very much on board so um, we, we we then having attended a a, a a, a school teachers seminar we then got several schools involved so in the first year we had 20 schools and 20 hotels we matched them up geographically and then we did a whole host of really interesting activities so we had a tour of the hotel of course to start off with but then we did bed making competitions which were fascinating just right. to introduce, get introduced to housekeeping then we went on to do some um some cookery programs we did a, a takeover day where School students would come over and work with our teams and serve afternoon tea and lunch. Um, and we did quizzes and competitions, different things to try to get those 14 to 16 year olds enthused about hospitality, the industry, what we have to offer. And that culminated doing a, a parents night uh, in May uh, 22 when we had parents come over to the hotels because uh, parents have a big influence. They can say, you know, well, do or don't do hospitality. There's a generic ethos that hospitality is somehow something to get pin money with rather than a career. Mm. So we're trying to get across to them, actually, this is career, and your sons and daughters have been here, and they've seen the opportunity. So, and, and they were all very impressed with what hotels had to offer, and I think it went some way for them to further their education in hospitality. And then we did the link up with colleges, which is vital from this program. So we then take the school students that are interested in sort of May and June and say, well, 
if you are interested and you want to learn more, then why don't you sign up for travel and tourism or hospitality and catering or hair and beauty, sign up these courses related at college, and then you can get your education and meanwhile work part-time at the hotels to get your practical experience. So, And that happened with sort of 60 to 70 students last year, and we're hoping to increase this year. This year we're up to 35 hotels, so this year it started in September, we're up to 35 hotels and 35 schools um, and going well again we, we have a lot of good traction with lots of interested students and some really great activities happening around Manchester and, and my, my personal mission this year is to try and to see this same project replicated around the country so I'm trying to get more hotel associations engaged. We already have a we already have a few. We have Liverpool, Chester started already. Um, Lake District are looking at it. Uh, I had a chat with Birmingham a couple of weeks ago. Cornwall are looking at it. Northeast Hotel Association Association are looking at it. So I'm trying to get more. So the more we can get, the more 14 to 16 year olds we get interested, and hopefully grow a bigger talent pool across the country of people hopefully taking hospitality as a career for the future. Yeah. Once again. Another round of applause. I mean, that, that, that's exactly why the show exists, is that I, I just wanted to do a, a little bit to tell the world that actually what you might have learned about hospitality as a career is as a complete lie. It's a, a wonderful, wonderful career. And I think what you're doing is spectacular. And I think even to, if there's anybody listening out there uh, from within the, the hotel scene, please do, I'd suggest just reach out to Adrian because you're you're it's almost like you've created a blueprint it's working yes. you know we've we've kind of done the work for you come and talk to us and we'll t- we'll help you elevate your own area and I'm doing I'm doing exactly that Phil so um anybody who is interested and they're from another association I'm doing exactly what you've just said I've had uh, I think three calls this week already so I'm doing exactly that I'm chatting to people about what we've done and the activities then I, I am sending on to them a blueprint about how we did it in Manchester some of the hiccups some of the challenges some of the people that have helped us along the way yeah. along with a couple of newsletters we do some quite interesting newsletters which are quite homemade but it's still it uh, shows you a flavor of the activities it got some pictures of the bed making competitions and pictures of how the cooking schools went and yeah. and all this sort of thing and um, and then you know hopefully we'll see as I said a lot more of this happening around the country so very much uh, open for people to contact me for further information or or any uh, any questions they have. Fantastic, yeah, great. And uh, well, the knighthood is in the post, I think. Nah, <laughs> I'm not doing this for knighthood or honours. I'm doing this for the good of the hospitality industry. <laughs> totally, I've had many conversations around. Uh, you know, awards are wonderful when they come your way, but uh, that you'll ultimately they come your way because you're doing something that you genuinely care about. Um, and you know and you know hotelier of the year this year i'm sure this played its part in that because yes of course you know being a the hotelier of the year is about how you manage and elevate your own business but it's actually also about how you manage and elevate your time in this industry and and how that can play a part in other people's journeys and, and all of that and i think you're you're absolutely a shining light to us all on that Thank you, Phil. Thank you. Now, I, as I said, I'm being I'm very blessed because I've had these eight years here and I've got a great team and they've helped me give some of my time to other things. So whether it's charitable causes or the education program, and it's thanks to my team that I've been able to do that. The owners also, the hotel also encourage uh, me for the wider good of the industry. So, um, you know, I've had a lot of support along the way. And uh, I've I've really enjoyed the work. It's still it's a it's a journey. We're we're starting all of the all of what I've said to you so far. So we're far from the end of it. But I've enjoyed it, and hopefully it gives a little bit back, and hopefully inspires other people to think of this for the future. Yeah. Do you have a do you have a name for the program? 
Uh, not really. We've. Uh, I think. Um, uh, interesting. I was at a master inholders uh, uh, conference uh, two, three weeks back, and uh, Kate Nichols was very, very good in talking about what we're doing in Manchester and saying. Uh, and, and her phraseology was, uh, "I implore all of you to work with adopt the adopt the school scheme." So we haven't actually called it that because it's not in the domain as that. But it's not about terminology because we're looking to we're looking for hotels to adopt the school. We're looking for them to have that close ties. And, uh, and 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 then hopefully get young people interested. So you know that for for now that can, that can be the name. But um, yeah, I think, we, I think once we've got many more uh, associations on board with this, um, I've got UK Hospitality um, who are very much helping taking this forward. So they you, listeners, listeners may be aware that they're taking over their hoteliers charter, which was started by Sally Beck, and they're now taking into the next domain. So this education program I'm telling you about is is, is on the back of the hoteliers charter. It was one of the things we discussed yep. when we first started the hoteliers charter. We've expanded to now have a schools program. Uh, UK Hospitality are taking it forward. So in time, you'll see this program I'm sharing with you will be on the UK Hospitality site. So they're going to have a, a, a page on this on their website and all the programs and the information I've talked about, the prototype will all be available on the website. So they're going to help uh, promote it and advertise it and market it across the UK. So uh, thanks in advance for all their support too. Fantastic. Yeah. Well, that, you know, that's, that's how we win though, isn't it? When we all come together and, and utilize yeah. shared resource and, just get help give give each other a lift. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, fantastic. Well, what else to say? I mean, it's it's a hell of a career so far. It's also you've got your head in some amazing things right now. But I would like to uh, lighten it up a bit now. Um, yeah. I'd like to ask everyone the same thing. Have you got any funny stories from your career that you can share with us? Oh gosh. Um... Well, I have I have some funny ones. I mean, if I pan pick the funniest one or a funny one, yeah, <clears throat> probably not for the lady concerned, but it's a funny story nevertheless. In Budapest, in <laughs> Budapest, so this is in, 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 Bud in Budapest, though so that's the scene at the Corinthia Hotel, and uh, I was duty manager on this particular morning in question, and we get a call from a lady who rings down and says, "Can you come up urgently? There's a Chinese man in my room." Okay. That was the message. So we run up. Uh, to find out what's going on and open the door. And the lady's obviously panicked and, and, and really anxious about what she can see. And indeed, lying face down is a Chinese man, face down the other end of the bed, just face down on the floor. And we're thinking, well, how on earth did that happen? And she clearly doesn't know him, otherwise she wouldn't have run us. Um, so all very odd. And what transpires is that we'd had a Chinese group of uh, tourists that were coming to stay at the hotel. They'd all been out for a few drinks the night before, and this particular guest had had several drinks, I think. Yeah. And we were we at the hotel were doing some refurbishment work, uh, but particularly we were repairing the outside of the building, and we got scaffolding all around the outside of the building. So this particular Chinese guest had got drunk. He had opened his window. He got onto the scaffolding somehow, climbed along to this other lady's window that she'd opened, and he'd gone in, but he was so drunk he passed out on her floor um upside down and of course this poor guest then woke up the next morning and found a chinese guy lying upside down the floor which of course you wouldn't expect a, a, a normal course of activity you would ever expect it so no. very embarrassing for us very embarrassing for the guest of course when he woke up he was mortified but uh, but an old story i'm sure she doesn't forget that one either yeah jeez louise yeah God, i can only imagine what must have been going through her head 
But uh, yeah, well, I mean, the hotel industry is full of problem-solving opportunities, isn't it? Indeed, indeed. We all have stories like that, I'm sure. Yeah, absolutely. Great stuff. Um, Final question before I let you get on your merry way. Um, We've kind of touched on a few already, I think, but uh, what would be your kind of top three main reasons why somebody should join hospitality as a career? Oh, I, I think, um, you know, it's a bit of a cliche to say uh, no day is the same. But I, I, I was asked this question this week by students and I, it really is the, the truth. So no day is the same as full of vibrancy, dynamism and activities. Yeah. So when I come in, of course, you have things you want to achieve every day and you have your to do list. But there's always extracurricular and stuff that's going on all the time. And that makes life interesting. So it's a fascinating job where truly no day is the same would be my first point. Um, second, probably is, um, you know, it's, I always say to, you know, it's not a complex or complicated business, but it's like working in a big house. And, you know, you're always, you know, at the end of the day, you're offering uh, rooms, food and beverage to guests and activities and events. And, you know, if you enjoy being at home and working with family and family members, not working, but living and talking with family and family members, then when you come to work, it's a similar story. You know, your family yeah. becomes the people you're working with. Uh, the, the guests, the people arrive at your home and you're looking after them. And if you enjoy home life and the, you know, especially if you've got a big family or you've got people around your home all the time, hotels are an expansion of that. And, and if you've got that attitude or aptitude, then I think you're very well, you'll very much fit into the, to the hotel business. Yeah. And if you, if you don't enjoy your home life, then you can come and work in a hotel and it will give you a, a new family. Yeah, indeed. <laughs> a new family. And, and thirdly is the bit we referred to a couple of times today is the travel opportunities. So, yeah. you know, I've been blessed sometimes fortuitously because that wasn't my master plan when I was 18, 19. But uh, the opportunities came my way. And on reflection, when I look back, I've had great times in the UK. and I've really enjoyed the last few years being back in Manchester. Um, but the you know very memorable parts also been the travel, the opportunity it gave me, the chance to travel the world. And, uh, you know, people have that. And students ask me all the time, what do I think about it? I'm a big advocate of it and a big fan. And this uh, this industry absolutely gives you those opportunities. So so there's three good reasons to, to join. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, if uh, if people want to get a hold of you to learn more about you, the Lowry, or your your yes. wonderful adopter hotel, we'll just call it that. Yeah. Doctor School, sorry. Doctor School, yeah. What's the best method for them to, to reach out to you? Yes, absolutely. Well, they can connect with the LinkedIn. Many of many people do that already. You can contact me. It's very simple on email. So if I can give that out as well, Phil, it's uh, adrian.ellis at thelowryhotel.com. So it's an easy one to remember. Yeah. You know, so so contact me either of those ways to start with. Very happy. So I'm easy to find. Very happy to chat to any about anything we talked about today, especially the schools program, but about anything else. You know, I do chat to lots of lots and lots of students along the way, even it's about career objectives, things they want to do, dissertations. <laughs> I'm always trying to happy happy to help. So um, yeah, please contact me. Fantastic. Well, I mean, keep fighting the good fight. You're uh, a shining light to us all, and I, I massively appreciate having some time with you today to to talk about your journey and uh, and wish you all the very best with the next phase of that. Thank you, Phil, and to you too. Thank you very much for the opportunity. Take care. And there we have it. Hats off to Adrian for going the extra mile for the industry, all whilst building an incredible career. As I said in the chat, that knighthood will be in the post. I'll be back again next Wednesday with another cracking story from hospitality, but until then, thanks so much for listening, and I'll see you next week.